This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. Hey, C3, thank you for joining us this evening. We're wrapping up the unique series that we've been in, and tonight we're talking about the next number in that series. If you've missed any of the messages in the unique series, you can go to c3church.cc forward slash you dash Neek, because this is a series all about you. And I wanted to talk to you on this Thursday evening, because Sunday morning, I'm going to be uh, sharing a special message about what to do when we don't know what to do. And so tonight we're wrapping up Unique. Sunday morning, what do we do when we don't know what to do? And in the Unique series, we kind of save the best for last, maybe. We're talking about number nine. Nine is the peacemaker. It's all about the peacemaker. These are beautiful people that bring peace to our lives, peace to the world. They're always looking for how to make things more peaceful. Some peacemakers that you've heard of are people like Abraham Lincoln. He was a peacemaker. Sandra Bullock, the actress, or General Colin Powell. They're all peacemakers. But in Scripture, it's interesting. The person that is called the father of our faith, the person that God picks to really launch a faith family was a peacemaker. Genesis chapter 18, we read the story of Abraham and notice how he tries to bring peace to a very difficult situation. Genesis chapter 18 verse 20 says, Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous. Now the world is a broken place, it's a messed up place, but Sodom and Gomorrah on a unique level are wills off. Their sin is so intense, it's so beyond everything else, that I will go down and see if what they've done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. God's saying, hey, I've heard things are so bad, I want to check it out for myself. Verse 22, the men turned away and went towards Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? And so Abraham begins this negotiation this peace summit with God. He begins to negotiate, okay, God, but what if there's some righteous people there? Are you still going to take them out, these two cities? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you, will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? So Abraham is negotiating with God. He's he's trying to be the the peacemaker, the peacekeeper. The Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five people? If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again, he spoke to him. What if only 40 are found there, he said. For the sake of 40, Abraham's negotiating this peacekeeper in. I will not do it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30? He was going by fives, now he's going by tens. What if only 30 can be found there? And he answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. I won't take them out if I find 30 righteous people. Abraham said, now that I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? And he said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. 
Then he said in verse 32, May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only ten can be found there? And he answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And when the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left, and Abraham returned home. The peacemaker in Abraham just felt this need to negotiate with God to try to bring a peaceful resolution to what was becoming a major conflict. The peacemaker reflects God's peace. The peacemaker, those that are nines, show us the side of God that is peaceful. The motivation of a peacemaker is to be at peace, to avoid conflict and create healthy spaces for people to thrive. The peacemaker at all costs wants to avoid conflict, wants every scenario in the office, in the neighborhood, in the home, wants there to always be peace and healthy spaces for different people, no matter what their personalities are, no matter how they're wired, not just for the nines, but for all the numbers in the Enneagram. How do we create a scenario? How do we have an atmosphere that is peaceful so everybody can thrive, so that everybody can enjoy it? When healthy, the peacemaker is the person that can see multiple sides in any scenario. They come in and maybe there's a disagreement between two people in the office and the peacemaker can see both perspectives. The peacemaker has the ability to say, okay, I see what you're saying there, I see what you're saying there. They see both sides. A peacemaker, because of that, can find good in almost any situation and a peacemaker can find good in almost any person. They see the upside. They, they see the positive. It's who they are. Also, when healthy, the nine, the peacemaker, uh, wants to be a part of the team and wants everybody on the team to win. The peacemaker, when healthy, enjoys working with people, different kinds of people, because they see the best in people. They see the upside in people and who they are. Also, when healthy, the peacemaker is inclusive and patient and accepting of others. The peacemaker is inclusive. They bring people in with different perspectives. They can work with people that are different than them. That They have a default position when they're healthy of seeing the positives in different kinds of people. They are also patient. Peacemakers make great parents. They make great leaders when they're functioning in a healthy way. They can be patient. They have a desire and they're wired in a way that they want people to improve. They see progress, and even if it's slow, they'll be patient with that, and they'll be, to use a biblical word, long-suffering, and they'll take their time, and they'll let somebody grow into a role or grow into who they're supposed to be, and they're accepting of others. You do not have to agree with the peacemaker for them to be okay with you. They're fine. They love you for who you are when they're functioning in a healthy way. Also, when they're healthy, the peacemakers are good listeners and mediators. The peacemaker cares about who you are. They'll listen to you. They, they want to hear your story. They want to know why you think the way you think or, or, or how you're approaching a decision or what you think about different scenarios. They are genuinely interested in hearing from you because they care about you. And they're great mediators because they can come into an argument or a conflict, see both sides, and help people resolve it. They can help find the common ground when they're functioning in a healthy way. Also, when peacemakers are healthy, they're considerate of the perspective of others. They may not agree with you, but they're not going to be disagreeable because of that when they're healthy. They're okay disagreeing, and even if they disagree, 
they can see why you think the way you think. They can understand why that's your perspective, even if they don't agree with it. Also, when peacemakers are healthy, those of you that are nines, when you're healthy, you desire to see the world as a more peaceful place. You want to bring peace in any and every scenario. You want the office to be more peaceful. You want the home to be more peaceful. You want your marriage, if you're married, to be more peaceful. Your dating relationships, if you're not married, you want those to be more peaceful. Your friendships, you look for ways. How can this be more peaceful? Peacemakers, because of that, are great people to get advice from. Because they have the ability to to process and evaluate all the different perspectives in the decision you're trying to make, all the possible outcomes, and they actually can sort of see themselves as one of the perspectives, but not the dominant perspective. And so they're able to sort of evaluate all the perspectives, great people to get advice from, because they'll listen to you and they'll give you, they'll share with you different perspectives and how you could see it. And they're okay with you making the best decision for you. They don't have an agenda behind it. Now, just like all of us, we're all broken, we're all messed up, we can all function in a healthy way or we can function in an unhealthy way. Nines, those of you that are peacemakers, when you're unhealthy, you avoid conflict at all costs. You do whatever it takes to avoid conflict. And because of that, there are times when you should speak that you don't. You you sort of just push it down, bottle it up, You don't want to go there because you don't want to create conflict. You don't want to say that you know should probably be said. You don't want to state the obvious that everybody's probably thinking because you want to avoid conflict. Also, when unhealthy, the peacemaker doesn't share their own needs. The peacemaker, if you're married to a peacemaker, you may ask the question, hey, what do you want to do this weekend? We have the weekend off. What do you want to do? And the peacemaker will usually say, I don't care. What do you want to do? That's a lie. They do care. They do care. They just don't want to say it because it might bring up some sort of conflict if you have another agenda or other plans. So they'll push their own feelings down and they will bring a, I don't care, to any conversation, seeming genuinely like they don't care when really they do. Hey, nines, what you need to understand, those of you that are peacemakers, people can't read your mind. And so if you say, I don't care, where do you want to go eat? I don't care. What would you like for dinner? I don't care. What movie do you want to go see? Oh, it doesn't matter to me. What do you think? If, if you never share your feelings, people can't read your mind. And it's important to remember that. And when we're unhealthy as peacemakers, those of you that are nines, um, you don't share your own needs because you're always thinking about everybody else's needs and you're thinking about avoiding conflict. Also, when you're unhealthy as a peacemaker, you're passive-aggressive. When you're unhealthy, you're passive-aggressive. What does that mean? As scenarios come up in life, you're the person that will smile and nod and act like you're agreeing when on the inside you're not. And you let that build and build and build and build and build and build. And And over time it builds, hey, you're going to erupt at some point. And the danger is when you function in an unhealthy way, you you don't share your feelings, you try to avoid conflict, you go along, you're compliant with what everybody else wants to do all the time, it builds inside you over time to the point where by the time you do express it, it's such a blow up and so much has happened, the relationship may be damaged beyond repair because you let it go so far because you didn't speak up. Also, when you're unhealthy as a nine, you're stubborn. Picture an elephant. Elephants are huge. They're powerful. The biggest elephants I've ever seen in my life. It's my first trip going out of the United States. I went to Tanzania, Africa, 
and, and we went on a safari at the end of the trip. Biggest elephants I've ever seen. So picture an elephant that, that is sitting there. Now, elephants are powerful. When they're motivated and they want to do something, they can overcome things that most people can't. But also, if they want to just sit there and do nothing, you can't make them. Last week we talked about eights. Eights, you can put a rope around them and pull all you want and try to get them to do something, but they're not doing it. So nines, you can be stubborn, which means you can be very powerful at going nowhere when you're unhealthy. You can be very powerful at sort of becoming stagnant in life. And so nines, when nines lie to you, they won't lie to you because they're trying to deceive you. They'll lie to you to avoid conflict. And with a nine, if if you want to see if there's momentum in their life, if they're moving, if they're being healthy, you don't pay attention to what they say, you pay attention to what they do. Because a nine will tell you at work, if you assign them a project, all right, I'm on it. They just won't do it if they're functioning in an unhealthy way, if they're being stubborn. The core sin of nines is laziness. Now, if you're a nine, you might push back and think, I'm not lazy. Why would you come? I'm not calling you lazy. None of us like our core sin. The more pushback you have, the more that's probably your core sin. But it's not laziness for the sake of laziness. It's laziness defined in a certain way. The core sin of a nine is laziness defined this way. Indecisive, inactive, or prone to procrastination. Indecisive. Um, I don't know what my major should be, so I just won't pick a major. I don't know what job I should have, so I just won't pick a career field. Um, I don't know which classes to take next semester, so I'm just not going to take classes. They're, they're, They're indecisive. And that indecisiveness can paralyze us emotionally and it can paralyze how we think and how we process life. So if you're a nine, you have to be aware of that. Also, nines can be inactive. I know what I should do, but I'm just not going to do it. Now, it can come into the play of laziness, for example, as a nine. If you know you should eat healthy, you know you should work out, that's not news to you. You know it, you're just not going to do it. You're just not, you're just not going to. You, you can fall into that laziness. Or you're prone to procrastination. Now, all of us can procrastinate, but nines, when you're functioning in an unhealthy way, you can be professional procrastinators. You know what needs to take place, but you're always going to do it tomorrow. You, you just don't have the emotional energy you feel like to deal with that today, because if you deal with it, it might bring some conflict, and you want to avoid conflict when you're functioning in an unhealthy way. So nines, the danger is when you're being lazy, when you're functioning in an unhealthy way and you, you give in to this core sin, the danger is you don't do the important or necessary things that are required for growth. Growth happens in uncomfortable places. And there's a pushback to that with nines because you, you don't want to be uncomfortable, you don't want conflict, you want peace, you want things to just be kind of chill and everything's okay. The core fear for a nine, the core fear is loss and separation. Because in your mind, conflict means I might lose you as a friend. Conflict means you might think less of me. Conflict might create a separation in the relationship where there's some tension. And so the core fear is loss and separation. So how do you think about yourself in a healthy way if you're a nine? What do you do? You need to own and resolve your feelings. Nines need to own and resolve their feelings. You spend a lot of time listening to everybody else because you're a peacemaker. You want to figure out where there's how you can get people to agree. The danger is you spend so much time listening to everybody else, you can spend very little time listening to yourself 
and your own feelings and how you feel. And you can get lost in the feelings and emotions of other people, never really considering your own feelings or how you're processing and how you're growing personally because you're paying attention to everybody else. When it comes to others for a nine, you need to make definitive statements. You need to be clear in your relationships. I don't think I feel like doing that this weekend. I agree. I think that would be a good plan for Monday night. Hey, I think we should go over here first before we go there. Make definitive statements that are very clear about what you think and what you feel. And if somebody pushes back, that's okay. It's called a conversation. None of us think the same way all the time. If all of our relationships, if in all of our relationships everybody thinks the same, then everybody's useless except one person. We're all on the same page. Be okay with different perspectives and see the growth that they can bring. What's interesting about nines is you have a beautiful gift and an ability to bring peace. And ultimately, ultimately in life, I think the thing that we crave the most is peace. We want peace in our relationships. We, we desire emotional peace. We want peace in our future. We want peace for our kids. And nines, you have the ability. You reflect God's peace. You have the ability, when you're functioning in a healthy way, to bring peace to relationships and scenarios. What's interesting is the people we need the most, nines, in conflict, the people we need the most often speak up the least. But you have the ability, when you do, when you're functioning in a healthy way, to bring us peace. And what does it mean for you in your relationship with God? As you think about God, nines, pursue faith with action. Put action to your faith. The things that you believe, the things God's showing you in your life, what are you going to do about that? Don't get stuck in laziness where you're going to ponder it and think about it forever. What are you going to do about it? What does it mean for you? Whatever God's teaching you, whatever He's showing you, how are you going to apply that to your life in a tangible daily way? What does that thing that God's showing you look like on a Wednesday? What does that thing that God's showing you look like in your marriage or with your kids or friends? I think of Romans 12, 11. Never be lacking in zeal, which could be translated lazy. Never be lazy. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be active. Use the gifts God's given you to interact with others and to make people's lives and your life better. How do you love a nine? If you're married to a nine, if you, if you have a child that's a nine, friends that are nines, co-workers that are nines, how do you love a nine? The first thing we need to do in loving a nine is create an environment where their voice is heard and matters. Create safe places for a nine to share what they're really thinking and feeling and value what they say. If you shut a nine down when they share their feelings, they won't share them anymore. They don't want the conflict. They want to make sure everything's peaceful. And so if you come strong against a nine when they share what they think, they're just going to stop sharing what they think. And they'll smile, and they'll nod, and they'll act like everything's okay, but inside it's not, and something has just began boiling inside. It's going to take a long time before it blows, but when it does, it might blow up the relationship. So create an environment where their voice is heard and where it matters. Also, how do you love a nine? Don't shield them from all conflict, but encourage them to actively engage. Don't shield them from all conflict. Conflict brings growth, and often the greatest resolutions come after the strongest conflict. 
when we're brutally honest about where we are, I'm not talking about going to a, a personal level of, of slamming people personally in conversations. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about saying the needless stuff. There's some things in our culture and society that all of us, no matter what our number is, we need to learn to let some things go. We are far too easily offended. In fact, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. Love can cover a multitude of issues. If something happens in your marriage, friendship, relationship, and let it go, let it go. If you bring up everything and have to discuss everything, then nothing becomes important and you're less heard. But on those things that you can't let go, that you need to bring up, that you need to discuss, do that. And even though it brings conflict, it's going to bring resolution. Because even when you bring stuff up, you're looking for common ground. It's who you are. You're a peacemaker. You're looking for where we can agree. And so if you love a nine, don't shield them from all conflict. Encourage them to actively engage. Hey, please go ahead and share with me what you're thinking, how you're feeling. I want to know. Say that to a nine and make it safe for them to say that. Also, how do you love a nine? Celebrate with them when they finish projects. Nines are people that can be working on a hundred things and finishing nothing. Sometimes they move at a slower pace through projects, but that's okay. Processing things and because they Nines are the ones that are trying to make sure everybody gets along. Now, what lost in that is the nines can have some of the greatest ideas. Nines can be extremely creative, but sometimes they want ideas because they just want to focus on keeping the peace. Celebrate with them when they finish projects. Remember we said uh, last Sunday I talked about, when I was talking about the eights, people imitate what we celebrate. It's true for number. So positive in the people you love, your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, your friends, celebrate when they do things that are positive. People imitate what we celebrate. How do you love a nine? Don't push them to sprint. Remember the elephant that's sitting that's incredibly powerful when it decides to move in a direction, but it's going to go at its own pace. Don't push a nine to sprint. Let them have their own pace. And they will finish and accomplish more than most people if you let them have their own pace. How do you love a nine? Thank them for their gift to see the other side of things. Nines, you, you have a unique ability to see different perspectives and to feel what those different perspectives may be feeling, those different people, and process it all at the same time. Not all of us have that. I can't do that. I have zero nine in me. I have to work at, at, at trying to bring peace in scenarios sometimes when there's intense conflict. I'd rather go to battle and go to war. So nines, you're intensely valuable because you have a gift of being able to see all the sides. So if you have a nine in your life, thank them for that. Because when they see all sides, not only do they see all sides, they feel all sides. And sometimes that can be a burden that they carry. And so thank them for their gift to be able to see the different perspectives. Value that because it will make you better, it will make me better, because they're bringing a lot of wisdom and helping us understand how other people at the table are thinking and processing. If you're a nine, here's the prayer for nines. God, Help me to trust you in the midst of conflict. Help me to know my feelings and share them with others. Strengthen my will to do what I don't want to do, but need to do. And help me to share, share the spiritual depth that you've blessed me with. Hey, nines, you're amazing people. As we wrap up this series called Unique, every number, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, all of us are designed and created by God. And we're created to live the life God created us to live. And so 
Each of us is a gift to the world when we're functioning in a healthy way. Hey, thank you for checking out this series. Again, if you missed the earlier messages, you can go to our website, c3church.cc forward slash unique.